Hey you all, I'm Doliamba and I'm going to be your host for the Takes by Midnight podcast. I'm super pumped. I'm really excited for these guys because it's been long coming. It's been in the works for a while and it's finally out of the bag. Um, when you hear Takes by Midnight, guys, I want you to think of it as an escape. This is free therapy. No one is going to charge you. It's a safe space, so just come sit back, relax and enjoy. I mean, there's so much going on in the world right now. As Nigerians, we are traumatized. Why would we not be traumatized when you're either trying to crowdfund or sell all your assets because a relative or a loved one had been kidnapped because some guys have decided that this is the new order of business. Block roads, you know, kidnap people, demand for outrageous amount of money for ransom or your representatives, your senators have decided that it's a good day, you know, to show their Taekwondo skills in the chambers or dollar is on a crazy surge and the inflation of the naira is at an all-time high as expected everything is expensive prices of food it keeps going up and income is not increasing or you know just something crazy happening left right and center when you're trying to stitch one part of the country together another part tears open and it's just a process that repeats itself we go in endless circles you know so it's it's actually a lot to take in and we all need some form of therapy so this is free therapy for you i really hope you will find this helpful and enjoyable We have Basil in the house, guys. Basil, what's up? Really good, good to be in with you. This time on a more formal setting. Is this formal? Oh, semi-formal. Semi-formal. Good to have you. How have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. Um, you know, Nigeria is happening, but um, we're still trying to see <laughs> our way around Nigeria. Right. Yeah. What are, you, really what are you currently working on? Because I know you're always on to something <laughs> adventurous. Um, I wouldn't call what I'm working on. I wouldn't call the two things that I'm working on adventurous. Maybe controversial. I think probably my book is definitely controversial. I'm it's sure a, it is. It is a Marxist treatise and it's exactly not what you're thinking about. But anyways, I'll leave it for you guys to judge when the book is finally out. And then yes, the major one is actually um, building a think tank so that um, you can contribute to the knowledge production ecosystem oh, in Nigeria. Yeah, but they're not really adventurous as you put it, uh, but it's just there, just there. Um, yeah, so as, as I wanted to add, um, another thing that I'm becoming really passionate about is language, how we use language in Nigeria, and um, the fact that because of the historical context behind some of the words, some of the phrases that we're using, um, we should actually dissuade or unlearn those particular words and phrases. It's going to be difficult to get many Nigerians to understand these historical concepts, but yeah. if we can, fair Why enough, that, that, that would be very yeah. important. And uh, knowing the kind of mental health crisis that we're in, the psychosocial backlogs of some of these kind of practices, I think it's very important that the knowledgeable amongst us, the more exposed amongst us get to know these things. And, um, yeah, that's 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 not a formal project of mine, but it's something that I always try to involve myself in whenever I can. In my writing, in the normal day-to-day yeah. offline conversations, and luckily I've, I've been very privileged tonight to um, speak with you on your lovely podcast, so yeah. Well, thank you. But that's interesting language. I've always thought of, you know, how 
how we use some words that have some very racist uh, background. Yes. Yeah, racist on the, yeah. the slavery history yeah. behind the words, you know. I think a typical example would be her normal practice of the boys' quarters, the boys quarters. in our architecture. You know, um, it was introduced to us by the Brits, and the Brits actually did introduce it when they were then colonizing the United States of America. And let's not forget um, the entirety of their colonization of the United States of America. It was um, mired with um, the transatlantic slave uh, trade, which was um, very big. It was a very big industry. In fact, the biggest industry in the United States between the 17th as well as the 18th century. Even some parts of the 19th century, of course, we know that early 19th century, the Civil War that they fought to basically, you know, and some the South, the American South, would fight that civil war because they wanted to keep slaves, and the American North um, fight that war because they wanted to uh, abolish slavery. And um, luckily for us, the American North won that particular war. That's actually something we have infused into yeah. our vocabulary yeah, yeah. and even our living style. We just adopt these things without really knowing mm-hmm. the meaning mm-hmm. because you see a lot of houses. In fact, almost every house, every in every every house that is, is built, built with a with boys', boys quarters. And, and and this is the practice actually. Folks really don't know. So you know the notion of the boy and the masa. Yes. Or the master. The master is basically the creolized way of calling that the slaves used to call their masters. masters yeah. But the, the masters referred to their slaves as boys and it was a gender neutral word at mm-hmm. some point, you know. So this this boys' quarters used was to be the quarters the, for the, quarters the slaves. The, slaves. the Hinao slaves, you know, oh. used to stay. So the main major slaves that would still reside within the major quarters are folks that um, basically the butlers and the, the cooks or the chefs, you'd say, the, the housekeepers, but the major plantation workers or the major heavy duty workers in the homesteads of these um, slave owners were the ones who lived in the poorest quarters and the conditions were very deplorable. We shouldn't be calling them slaves, we should call them enslaved. It's important. It, it gives them because that might yeah, to, yeah. they didn't offer to be yeah. they were enslaved yeah, in, in real reality you know? yeah. just like Marcus Gavi said yeah. um, you know remove the kings from your brain mm-hmm. and not your head so mm, very smart. Yeah, so very you're, smart. You're, you're, you're not. I mean, because so we're, we're largely, we largely have kinky hair and yeah. both noses, you know. Yeah. There's really nothing wrong with how you look or absolutely what you look wrong. like. What is wrong is up there, your brain, you've been enslaved. Yeah, but even yeah. though a lot of us feel like, oh, there's no well, slavery. Yeah, there, we've but been liberated, but a lot of the. How we got educated was, you know, from had rescues from those slave era, you know, the Brits coming in and introducing Western education. Did you know long time no see also? I never knew. Yeah, because when you say long time no see, that's like mimicking the black man. Oh. Because they don't oh. know how to speak. Okay, English. okay, so, so it's so like it was a mockery they, of yeah, um, the, the enslaved people yes. attempting to speak um, English. I mean, I think the, the major origins of um, the Nigerian pigeons from that Creole, you know, that yes, Creole, the, when yeah. the Brits first came in contact with West Africa, let's not forget that they first contact with the um, blacks and then in introducing them into the transatlantic slavery um, was actually around the Guinea area. So present day Guinea and present day Equatorial Guinea before they moved further to Sierra Leone and then of course they'll come over to Nigeria. So. Um, the, the, the major origins of the pigeon that we we now that is now officially another language on its own came from you know uh, those parts. 
I think it's really important that we know the historical context of phrases or even words that we Completely use. Agreed. You know, Hans Fanon is someone who I truly admire. Yeah. I read Black Skin, White Mask and mm -hmm. it changed a lot of things for me. But, but I, it was I think so because powerful because of how... He was able to analyze, psychoanalyze yes. our way with words and everything. You know. he, spent, he spent roughly a decade in Algeria with the FLM and he was a very observant person. I mean, if you're a psychiatrist, clinical psychiatrist, you have yeah. to observe, you know. And um, one of the major things he saw with the behavior was the, um, the downtrodden and violent manner with which colonialism was uh, basically brutalizing. You know, um, like I used to be very defensive when I see mm, the Caucasian because I feel like they're going to come at me with some sort of, mm, you know, stuff. So yeah. I always was in defense. You were building, you were building barriers already. Barriers that weren't seen yeah. already. And when you talked about trying to be like Caucasian, yeah. because you think we feel that that's the level of superiority we need to attain. Yes. I that's remember, the pedestal. Yes. It reminds me of um, this talk that Umbugi Wathiongo had. He mentioned something that was really, it was funny but it was interesting. He said something about accents mm. for access. Mm. You know, how, how... I mean, we're very... Nigeria is a perfect example of that, to be honest. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. you, you, you just... Once you twist your tongue, I say, ah, this one now, we go... People immediately develop a level of, of respect, respect for that for person because, because of the way that... This type of... You know, if you're you speaking in the... Say, the, the, the accent that we mostly ascribe to a particular ethnic group, you know. The first thing that comes to our minds is for a lot of people is, ah, well, that person isn't sophisticated, that person mm -hmm. that hasn't attained that level. Because we've ascribed quality, we've ascribed excellence, we've ascribed that top pedestal level to certain yeah. foreign-sounding accents. Mm -hmm. And, and that, mm -hmm. that Nigerian in that uh, ethnicized um, accent of English is probably um, the intonation of the pronunciations are top tier. Mm -hmm. A very good uh, uh, diction, everything is perfect, but just because of the, of the accent, the and way the it accent. sounds, we yeah. really don't, you know. There used to be this guy in my class in secondary school, Abubakar. He couldn't speak English, and we used to actually make fun of him, <laughs> you know. Before I, I mean, before I had grown, of course, I, of course. I learned a lot of these things, but then, like, we used to make fun of him because we felt like. Oh, this guy, he's an illiterate because meanwhile, yeah. someone who knew math mm. more than any of us, of who, who not just math, like he was an excellent, he was an A student, except for English, obviously. No, even English because it was written, like yeah. he could take he in process information yeah. more than we could. But because we felt we could speak better English or we could twist and roll we, our R's we, more. We, we, we ascribed. Um, a level of excellence based on how you speak English in yes. foreign language. Yes. Yeah, completely yes. So, agree. So I think that that's really something we need to work on and we need to unlearn because um, that's still slavery. Yeah. That is still slavery. And that's, a why, that's why Bob Marley said emancipate yourself, yourself from mental slavery. Yeah. That is mental slavery yeah. in every sense of the word. We're mentally enslaved ourselves. Yes. We're putting ourselves in cages because we want to sound a particular way because we think this is the pedestal. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is interesting, you know. Mungu Kiwa goes on to say um, that African leaders 
they perfected their accents mm. while Europeans sharpened their tools for access to mm. our resources. Of course, of course. So while we're busy trying to posture the towards them, yeah, get the you know, so they can give us a pat of the back, they're having access to uh, so our resources. Yeah, quite. It looks like you really love Googie Watt, Young. I do. It's another phenomenal writer and phenomenal thinker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with um, Chino Achebe as well. I also like a bit of um, Sigmund Freud's work because he did he did some good work on psychoanalysis. You can't talk about language, art, culture, or society without. That's basically what psychoanalysis mm -hmm. um, breaks down for you. So yeah. he's also someone I do not agree with all of his works. But he's a pace setter in the way he has um, um, the hands-on studies of human behavior and then articulating them, making sense of them. Mm -hmm. I think there's something that we should do more in our society. And one way we could do that easily on our own, as I said, is um, analyze the use of language that we currently uh, mutter out. Um, and then whenever we think that there's something off about this particular phrase, we try and get the historical background. And I'm almost always likely that it is a very injurious phrase or it has a very injurious uh, history, then we try and unlearn it. You know? It's very important. Same thing with the houseboy, you know? Yes, the houseboy I mean practice. the houseboy, the boys quarters, so, we all have similar I mean, origins. What's wrong, with, what's wrong with calling the person a domestic By worker, the you know? Mm -hmm. Houseboys are a very... Um, it's dirty, it's replicating a lot of um, slavery dirt. Houseboys um, mm. were, were, they were a derogatory remark that these slavers used to use on enslaved um, people on their plantations. You know, it's your house and then it's your boy, you know? Mm -hmm. and, then, and boy has and a very, boy has a very racist um, connotation, by the way. Mm. Guys, did you know all this? <laughs> ah. I'm learning today. Um, but the, the, the feeling is mutual. We're learning. I mean, I'm learning. Uh, I've learned quite a lot I mean, from you. And then this, this is this is interesting. I think it's important that we are actually talking about this yeah. as millennials, yeah. understanding the importance of yeah. um, on learning a lot of habits, yeah. on learning, uh, starting from language. Because language, language is very yeah. important. Language is the base of a yeah. lived experience. Yeah. Words are powerful. Yeah. Words so, matter. Yeah, so it's important that we, we as individuals, we work on that and try to be better. I mean, like we're all on learning. No one here is perfect. We are all trying to unlearn and be better. There are times when I'm talking, I'm like, oh, please, and I just switch to house and I'm like, Dandla, I beg. <laughs> yeah, you try to. I've, I've lost yeah, words. Yeah to uh, just so you sound describe this thing at, at that level English. of you know that yeah. high level i mean this, is, a not, this is not this is not a space to create hate no, just to put that all. out there yeah. for any towards any race but yeah. we're just pointing out these things and we sell ourselves short yes mm -hmm. they're important like do you matter you important? matter you're important you are as good as good everybody ever be, exactly yeah. so yeah. Don't sell yourself short. Absolutely. We've come to the end of today's episode. We hope you tune in to listen to the next one. We have more exciting conversations coming up. We have exciting people as well. We have those uncomfortable conversations. See you next week, guys. Same time. Of course. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vasil. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. Every time.